it says, I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Meaning he's not ready to take anything else except victory. And uh, already we read from Revelation chapter 19, if you turn with me there for a moment. Revelation 19 from verse 11, he says the following. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire. On his head are many crowns. And he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Verse 13 of Revelation 19 says, He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him riding on white horses dressed in finest linen, bright and clean, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which he strikes down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treats the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried out in a loud voice to all the birds flying midair, Come gather together for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings and generals and the mighty of horses and their riders and the flesh of all the people free and slaves, great and small. We can't even stop there. So we saw very clearly that this white rider of the white horse in the book of Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 all the way to verse uh, to king of kings and lord of lords verse 16 that is the vision the Lord showed me that November 1 2006 when I saw the glorious wedding rings and then the white horse in heaven when the voice said look and see who is seated on the white horse and when I looked up into heaven and then I saw this tremendous huge white horse going around neighing wagging his tail lifted his raised his tail wagging running around and when I looked who was sitting I saw the glory of the Lord on him as he was riding like this all over the expanse of heaven that is the one of Revelation 19 and that is the Messiah this is the Messiah this is the Lord this is the Christ however the, the ride of the white horse that you see in the book of Revelation chapter 6 verses 1 to 2 the counterfeit that is the deception that is the lie the anti-Christ the one who wants to look like Christ and we've seen very clearly that it's the Messiah that breaks the seal 
the first seal on the scroll of God inside the throne of heaven and releases this deception. And we saw very clearly yesterday when we read from the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses uh, all the way through to verse 12. We saw that uh, he sends this deception to a particular people. To those that reject the truth. Those that don't accept the grace. I mean, they're in the church today. Because the grace of our Lord Jesus is holy. Those that do not accept holiness, the cross of Jesus. Those who don't accept the, the cross, the gift of the cross and the blood of Jesus. Because he says, the cross is holy. The cross is repentance. So you'll find that it's the unrepentant church. And the non-believing, non-repenting church, I mean people out there. So he sends from the throne of God deception that they may be deluded in the delusion and get to believe the lie that finally may be judged together with the Antichrist and Satan, thrown into the lake, lake of fire, the second death. And so now we have seen very clearly that uh, this is deception. And he comes with all manner of counterfeit. Revelation chapter 6, 1 to 2, the Antichrist. And when he comes with all manner of counterfeit, you see when the Messiah comes, his sharp sword, fire comes from his mouth. In the Bible now, I believe you are mature enough to understand that only two principles or two people, I mean, two, two uh, uh, figures mentioned there Unleash fire from their mouth. The prophet that speaks with you and the Messiah. Only two. Because the one that speaks with you, we are going to see in the book of Revelation chapter 11, even he, fire comes from his mouth and devours his enemies. But, in this case, I want us to focus on Revelation 19, the Messiah. Whereby, fire comes from his, the sword comes from his mouth to devour the nations, to judge the enemies of God. When he comes back in the second coming. Not rapture, second coming. But we see that the rider of the white horse in Revelation chapter 6, 1 to 2, comes without arrows. He is at the bow. So he also uses his tongue, counterfeit, to bring forth all manner of darts and arrows, to pierce the hearts of men with deception and lies. And if gets you gullible, people that love the lie, he will really uh, capitalize on that. He will win you. So anyhow, this was just uh, to catch base with what we are reading today. Now, the book of Second Corinthians chapter 11, if you turn with me there, in continuing to identify the Antichrist as the deceiver, I'm simply opening up now to open up his character as the deceiver. So, Second Corinthians chapter 11 Hallelujah Jesus is Lord Second Corinthians Chapter 11 And please allow me to go on as much as I can go Right? Yes uh, so, Did Nelly come here? What? Thank you so much. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 11, blessed people, verses 13 to 15. 
Once you are ready, we begin. Again, Second Corinthians chapter 11, 13, 15. Are you ready? However, sorry. How were you inferior? Second Corinthians chapter 11, 13 to 15. He says the following. I beg your pardon. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. 14 he says. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then, if servants of this man, his servants, also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. So, again, still underscoring to you that the Antichrist, that you see the Messiah breaks the first seal and releases to those that don't believe. He comes as a deceiver. But, now you're beginning to understand that he has disciples. He has disciples. So he has people that drive his agenda. People that set out to drive his agenda. And he says, in the church, I mean out there, yes, there's so much antichrist and, uh, and, and so much um, satanism and wickedness. They're given to that sometimes. But I'm talking about inside the house of the Lord. And he says, you need to be very careful now, that he symbolizes when he releases him, even now before he comes, already as disciples, the false apostles, the false prophets. Have you ever noted that when the Lord sent me, one thing that the Lord has been rebuking constantly, non-stop, is the false apostles, false prophets, false teachers, false doctrine, false, 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 and the gospel of prosperity. That they bring and propel. They use really to run their machine. The gospel that is itching to the flesh and very, very enticing to their flesh. And so he says, he has disciples already. You could say in the church, these are his forerunners. Why? Because he says, they masquerade. They will come to you and pretend to you that they preach righteousness. But if you check the life they are living, it is not holy. If you check the message they are preaching, it is actually not repentance. Because if you preach repentance to people, they will repent and they will be holy. So they will make sure it is not repentance. And this is now where the problem is. He's talking about the house of the Lord. That the breaking of the first seal does this. Before even the Antichrist has arrived, already his disciples are doing work inside the house. And they are coming to you. They are pretending to, to be the preachers, your pastors. It's such a confused world right now as we speak, the house of the Lord. And he's saying, be careful. They bring this deception into the church so that they may delude you, they may win you out of the way of the cross. And this is so powerful because he's saying a deceiver. So now it's all about deception. To deceive you until you are deceived, until you are convinced. 
And they are very good at it. And right now as we speak, there's so many churches, many Christians have been deceived. That's why they've abandoned holiness and they don't seem to know that without holiness you will not enter heaven. I want you to be disappointed that day. He says, he is a deceiver. And so we are using this now to understand even deeper the character of the Antichrist. He comes to deceive. And then he says, as we read on real quick as we develop this message here, we saw very clearly Genesis chapter 3, 1 to 14, up to 19, that already in the garden he deceived. Satan deceived. So he told the line of his father Satan. In fact, when he comes, he will institute the worship of Satan, as we are going to see very shortly. And if there's any of you who hates to worship Satan, then please prepare for rapture. Yeah. Because you will be a devil worshipper. Yeah. You can imagine to be a devil, to worship the serpent. So then, you prepare for living. If you don't want to worship Satan. Yeah. It's as simple as that, right? And this is here. John chapter 8, 44. John 8.44 Let me first run through uh, this Second Corinthians before I leave it. Second Corinthians 11.3-4 to 4, and then I'll go to John chapter 8. Again, Second Corinthians 11. I'm reading only 3-4. to 4. It says the following. 3-4 to 4, it says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it Easily enough. I do not think I'm in the least inferior. You see, he's saying even the gospel will change. But it has changed. It has already changed. That's why for Kenya, you being the classic example, when I first came and began to say, we need to repent. You need to repent. I began to call the nation to repentance. And then you began to fight repentance. Shocked me a great deal. I was so shocked to see the church of Christ whose gospel should be repent for the kingdom of God is near. When Jesus came, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And the cross is repentance for the kingdom of God is near. I was so shocked to see the church fight me. Fight repentance. It shocked me a great deal. Until today, they are still trying to do the same thing. So they are lost. They are really lost. That's what we are dealing with now today. That's why you see sometimes they sponsor slanderers and blackmailers and what. You know me, I see them from this side. Defamers, they sponsor in an attempt to fight. But you can't fight the Lord. But, but anyway, I'm just using this to tell you that they change the gospel. It's a serious scheme of deception. Hallelujah. John chapter 8 then now. Now John chapter 8, 44, 45 if you don't mind. In the name of Jesus. And he goes on to say here, John 8... 
He says, Okay. He says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry your father's desire, to carry it out, to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he actually speaks his native tongue, his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any one of you prove to me, I would rather prove me guilty of any sin. If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me then? And on and on. He's saying that there would be a generation that would hate the truth. Owing to the activity of the spirit of Antichrist. Before he has arrived. Even before he has arrived. And you see today. They don't want to hear the truth. No, 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 no. You tell them the truth. I think it haunts them. It makes them uneasy. They, they don't live um, comfortable. They want to live in comfort. If you look at the present day, you're a modern day Christian. They want to live in the comfort of their life. So what they do, they would do is very simple. They would take the world, the things of the world that are dear to them and blend with salvation and stay in that comfort. So they're comfortable there. So if you're telling them that you see no, you have to dress well. You have to dress holy. Those are now fundamental, fundamental changes. Those are big changes. They're like, ah, uh, you begin to meet inertia, resistance. They want a comfort zone. And sometimes they may think you are attacking them. And yet you are essentially loving them. Not the other preacher who is telling them to be comfortable in sin. That one actually hates them. The one that loves them tells them the truth, repent that on that day they may not be disappointed. Eternity is a very long, long, long time to spend in hell, in torment. It says the book of Second Timothy, the deceiver. So the dispensation that is coming is a dispensation of deception and the main actor there will be a deceiver, the master deceiver, the master of intrigue. You joke like this, he has caught you. So you cannot say, no, let me just go through there because I will be smarter. You do like this, he has tricked you. We are defining who he is, the main actor in that dispensation that the coronavirus is beginning to blink, to blink, to blink to the world. That Look, the dispensation. Look what is coming, what is coming, what is coming, what is coming. Be careful now. Huh? There is a deceiver there. That's the main actor, the principle. The main principle there. In other words, deception. So I need to move on because I have quite a long journey here. Second Timothy. Hallelujah. And he says, Second Timothy chapter 2.
following. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desire, they will gather around them a great number of teachers and preachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will not turn their, sorry, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations Endure hardship. Do the work to evangel- of the evangelist to evangelize. Discharge all the duties of your ministry diligently. A time is coming when people will not put up with truth. But that time is now. And that also, if you look at the scenario in the church, it's also ripening the earth for that dispensation. Of full blown deception. And that's why he said, this apostasy and lie you see in the church today, the little, little apostasy you see, and it's not even little, the apostasy, so you see it by a miracle, do what? This apostasy you see today in the church, this falsehood, is going to get worse in that dispensation that the coronavirus is blinking to the earth. Look what's coming. Look. Look what's coming. Look. Look, that coronavirus is talking about the dispensation coming because this is just the beginning of the birth pains that I had. A glimpse. But this lying here in the church, false prophets, people claiming they have been called by God when they are not, is going to get worse in the other dispensation. So there will be churches in the great tribulation, in the tribulation and great tribulation, there will, there will be churches. Only that the worshipping of falsehood will be taken so high in a grandier scale to the extent they will worship the devil, the Antichrist, and that's obvious. Hallelujah. And then Matthew 24 verse 9, real quick. Matthew 24 verse 9, blessed people. After defining him, then I'll go into his duty. So that will give you a better understanding of now what will accrue there, what will transpire in that dispensation. I'll go into his duty. His job there. So now you're beginning to understand that it's not a good time. You don't want to be in that side. Yeah, that side of history. Uh, again, the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 9. He says the following. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will, bet- and, and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to the nations. And then the end will come. So you talk about now the end. And I said, in this journey at one point I will reach a place where I will talk to you about the ministration, the ministry of these two prophets in that dispensation. And also the ministry of the 144,000 Jews. 
and then also the ministry of a mega prophet that will appear above here and will shout the gospel to the nations. A major angel, rather, that will appear up here. Again, let me repeat this. The ministry of a major angel. First of all, of these two mega prophets, how they will go all over the world when now the church has been taken away, darkness. That's why they're called witnesses. They will now remain witnessing for the Lord. They will give the testimony for God now. Those are his own messengers. Now those testify for him during that time. But there is also the 144,000 Hebrew people that will be converted and a big revival break out. I, I don't know why I'm jumping the gun. It's ahead of me here. And they will go all over the world. So there will be a revival also. So don't, no, don't buy into that. Don't say, okay, then I'd rather stay. No, no. I think that will not be a wise decision. No. No. There will be a revival. Start up by the ministry of the two prophets because they come in a fight they come as fighters you know that so there will be need to fight for the Lord then and I've seen the two flames they light up as they go but then there will be the ministry of 144,000 Jews that will be converted into Christianity they will follow Christ believers and they will go out also to minister the gospel to the whole world but there will also be an angel, a very mighty angel that will appear up in the sky here and will shout audibly the, the gospel to the whole world. So it will be such a time and a half when people will hear visibly the voice of one angel up here, a mega angel. But he's saying some interesting things in the scripture I've read that you'll be persecuted and killed for the gospel. You'll be hated and betrayed. Why do I bring that in? Because I want to introduce the fact that the Antichrist, in our identifying him today, we're going to read from the book of Daniel, chapter 9, 27. You'll find that in the last week of Daniel, that one week, he signs a peace treaty because he's a chief, a master of intrigue, maestro of intrigue, lies and falsehood. He signs a peace treaty with Israel. But in the middle of the peace treaty, he turns around and he places his image in the house. He takes away the sacrifice. Then he tells them. So that is the tribulation temple. You, you must make sure you know that there will, there will be a tribulation temple. There will be a temple that will be built that these two prophets will go and rebuke in Jerusalem. But in the middle of that peace treaty, the seven-year treaty, halfway he changes and he puts that. And when they refuse to worship, he persecutes them. So, he is actually a betrayer also. He is a betrayer. He signed something with you. You believed him. You remember what Antiochus did? Epiphanes. He, believe, he, makes, he signed a treaty with Egypt, with other nations. He signs with you. You have a peace treaty. You remove your troops. You take them to the barracks. He becomes your friend. And then he kills them all. And then now he rules again. So he betrays the treaty. So then, the Antichrist is the betrayer in chief. He will now betray the Hebrew people. When they had just begun to believe him like this, he will betray them. You understand? And that's why we go right away to the book of Daniel, but we read some very important things in there. Hmm? 
handed over to be persecuted, put to death, hmm? hated by all the nations. Many will turn away from the faith eh? and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear. So he's saying that if you were to talk about the nutshell of that dispensation that is coming, ah, you don't like that dispensation. Because there's so much happening there that doesn't adapt, doesn't tally with your faith. So many false prophets, false apostles, betrayals, what, everything is inside there that easily kills your faith. Are we ready? So Daniel chapter 9, in our advancing of this identity, and then we start the message. Then the message begins again, very chronological like yesterday, stepwise for anybody to grasp that everybody may get a chance to understand and escape what is coming ahead, right? And it's so powerful to hear it coming from me, I myself, that decreed the coming of the coronavirus. It's very important to hear this from me. Before we even get to the ninth, the, the fourth seal, brother, the fourth seal, the, Daniel chapter nine, though, but to the fourth seal, Daniel nine twenty-seven, it says the following: He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put to an end sacrifice and offering, the daily sacrifice. You see how he betrays. He now betrays them, the treaty. They had trusted him, and so they signed a covenant with him for one seven, for seven years. But in the middle, like this, three and a half years, then the great tribulation now. Now he turns around to be worshipped. He puts his image there. He turns against them also. He wants to kill them all. Mm-hmm. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering and at the temple he will set up an, an abomination that causes desolation until the end is decreed and poured out on him so really saying until the Messiah comes and by the sword the fire of his breath kills him I mean uh, uh, rather binds him strikes him because remember again at one point he will just be bound and then he comes back I think after a thousand years he comes back. But remember he has a final end in what is called the second death when he's thrown into the lake of fire at the end. He will go. He will finally be thrown into the lake of fire. But not him alone with his disciples and people that believed him, followed him. People that never loved truth. Are we together? And so, betrayal. He will betray. He's the betrayer in chief. Right? Daniel chapter 8, once you're there, it's just next door there. Daniel 8, I'm reading verses 23 to 26. Can I continue? It says, in the latter part of their reign, again, in the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, Fierce-looking king, a master of intrigue, will arise. Did you see that? If you are looking for his identity, they're right there. Because this is now the prophecy of the Antichrist. But in there, there is the identity of the Antichrist. Because he says, a fierce-looking, in this version he says, master of intrigue. You understand? And then he says, 
a wicked man, fierce, a fierce-looking king. Ay! Even fierce-looking. A fierce-looking king, heartless, in other words. You see him and you are totally dismantled. A fierce-looking king. And we are trying to unveil him to open up brother, uh, his character and what he looks like. A fierce-looking king, a master of intrigue, will arise. He will become very strong. There you go. Which means he will be a very powerful king. I'm going to soon enter with you into the book of Revelation. Eventually, as we advance this conversation next, the book of Revelation on who exactly is, what will he do there? You'll find that he comes and he has several horns. He has ten horns. He has a few heads. And remember horns, when bulls fight, what do they use? What do they use? It's called pembe. Ever heard of such a word? Pembe. Woe unto you if your horns are weak <laughs> in the animal world. <laughs> I tell you. No, you, you will feel it. You feel it. <laughs> you are going to feel it, right? If you have weak horns or small horns. No, they will push you very far away. <laughs> hmm? So horns are the symbol of strength and power. So when we begin to unveil him as we enter the book of Revelation chapter 13, you will see the importance of this when he says a very strong king. Several horns. Talk about his power. He will have global power. He will have immense power. He will have so much power. That's what he's talking about here, right? And I know this is a very inner message, but it's for now. It is for this hour. We have to face this message. So the prophecy, inside the prophecy that prophesies is coming, there his identity is. Hallelujah. In the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, you see that now. They talk about the dispensation then. People that rebel against the Lord become, they reach the height of wickedness, Right? A fierce looking king That's his name A master of intrigue will arise He will become very strong But not by his own power So you see that Once we read the book of Revelation Chapter 13 You find that the enemy gives him his power His throne and his authority Satan gives him that But not by his own power And he says Huh? It says, not by his own power, he will cause astounding devastation. Look at that. And will succeed in whatever he does. Meaning, if he comes as Antichrist to oppose anything that is God, and in other words, faith to oppose Christ, faith in Christ, and Christians, those professing it, if that is what he's coming to do, then he says he will succeed. Do you still want to wait? He will succeed. The Bible here, in this prophecy of his coming, the Bible that has seen him come and his time come, says he will succeed. 
can't even say, no, I will stage a resistance, I will fight. I'll, no, please, you can't, you can't. Yeah. So he says, and he will, you cause astounding devastation, and he will succeed in what, succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people of God. He will destroy. He does not say that he will bruise them, he will slap them, he will push them, he will sideline them, marginalize. No, he will destroy them. To destroy something is to bring it to total fatality. And says, he will destroy the holy people of God. Verse 25. He will cause deceit to prosper. Did you understand? So which means he will have whims and schemes and intrigues and means and ways and notions eh, to be able to cause deceit to prosper. That would be the height of deceit on the earth. The height of it. When it was, it will be, it will max. Deceitfulness will now max, maximize. That will be max. You can't get higher than that. He will cause deceit to prosper. And he will consider himself superior. So you see that now. He comes already with tremendous authority and power. But he himself, his personal boastfulness. Do you remember the small horn that boasted? He speaks blasphemies and all that. In his boastfulness, he carries himself as superior. Have you ever wondered that when you have little children, and a little child carries himself or herself with a lot of esteem, even at the university level, with a lot of esteem, and they do their things more calculated, how they carry their lives. You know, people may go to the dining and eat what, what, do what they want, but for him, he takes his time, he comes, or she comes only later, sits there and uh, choose, uh, oh, what do you have today, whatever, and carry their lives with so much esteem and what, that those people tend to succeed. They are very diligent. He he will consider himself superior. So right from the beginning, he will consider his high. He will carry himself in that way. And he will succeed. And that alone will disarm many people. So, wow, who can fight the Antichrist? Who can fight him, the beast? Hmm? Daniel chapter 9. Uh, chapter 8, rather. We're still on uh, the prophecy of his coming. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper and he will consider himself superior. When they feel secure, he will destroy many. Aye! He will first create a sense of security. Once you're secure, because he's a betrayer in chief, he will turn around like this and strike you down. He will consider himself superior. When they feel secure, he will destroy many. And take his stand against the Prince of Peace. In other words, take his stand against Jesus, the Prince of Princes, the King of Kings, against the Lord. Yet he will be destroyed, but not by human power. Do you remember the little rock in Daniel chapter 2, verses 34, 35, and the interpretation in 44, 45, when the Lord showed me that vision, the little rock that came at an angle, a sharp, that type of rock and smashed the statue and everything became dust and that rock not cut by human hands 
So in other words, I'm saying to you one thing, that the kingdom of God is not built by human hands. He's saying that when he will be destroyed, the Messiah will come and destroy him. Not mankind. And when the Messiah destroys him, he will establish the kingdom of God. And that's why he said, not by human hands. Hallelujah. And so even as you are privileged to be in the kingdom, just do your role. But don't say, oh, you see, uh, you see, me, me, uh, this ministry I have, my ministry. My... If it's part of the kingdom of God, he runs it from above, right? Yes. So he is a traitor. I wanted to bring that prophecy to you to ensure that you understand he is a traitor. And so then, I want to look at the gravity then of the dispensation of the tribulation and the great tribulation in the context of what we know now about the main actor, the Antichrist, in the context of what we know now. Hallelujah. So, you now understand that there is such a principle, vicious principle. He has, is heartless, he's ruthless, he's bloody, very violent. He's not, he's wild. The kind of wild violence you see, you saw it from ISIS, you saw it from Al Qaeda, from Al Shabaab, from Boko Haram, from everybody. Those are now his forerunners, executing the spirit of Antichrist that's already forerunning ahead of him. Now, with that knowledge then, can we look into what the Bible talks about that time? So that we see if you still want to go through the tribulation and the great tribulation. Oh, that is now you. Okay, I will take that for your final word. The book of Daniel, chapter 12. Uh, Senior Deputy Archbishop Israel of Mombasa says, for those who are tuned in from Mombasa, he says he, he does not want. So they know his stand, right? Now, can we look at that time? At that time, he says in Daniel 12, At that time, Michael the great prince, who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress, such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. Look at that now. Do you see how he describes the great tribulation? The tribulation of the great tribulation? The great tribulation. He's saying... It is a time of distress such as has never visited the earth until that time of tribulation. Listen, are you going to focus on me today? Does it mean that he is saying that the fire that descended on Sodom and Gomorrah was nothing compared to this? Because it's a, a time of distress that has never happened upon the face of the earth until then. But we know what happened in Sodoma and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. He said that, that that's nothing. Yet it was that bad. The time of Noah. People were drowned, distress. He said that is nothing. The Holocaust of the Jews, that was terrible. That is nothing. The Rwanda genocide, that is nothing. ISIS, that is nothing. Al Qaeda slaughtering people, that is nothing. Boko Haram, what? Name it. The drug gangs of Mexico, the terrorists of Philippines. You say all of the above, nothing compared to that day, that time. Do you still want to pass through it? 
Okay, so you're gonna have to make some you're gonna have to make some substantive decisions in terms of the instruction, repentance and going forward, sustaining, sustainability. To be steadfast unto righteousness, unto holiness. And that's why the church did not catch it right. That if you really know how horrendous this coming season is that the coronavirus is introducing, then by now all churches and Christians would be walking very holy. Because you can tell that it's urgent also. That the rapture, that dispensation is here. You can tell today in the news it was worse. And that means the coronavirus. And that means there is a likelihood that this current ongoing plagues that I decreed upon the face of the earth might connect the earth into the tribulation and great tribulation. There's that danger now. So it's urgent, the signs here. Hallelujah. That's why I like meeting you people and discussing the word. This is very powerful, quality time, they say. So he says in Daniel 12, as never seen before, as has never visited the earth. And then he goes on to Jeremiah chapter 30. I have a very long message, probably seven hours from now. Very long. Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah 30. Still loving Jesus? You say, even much more now. <laughs> oh yes, even much more now. Okay, see so you guys love yourselves then. Self-preservation, right? <laughs> okay. The book of, the, you said the signs about The book of Jeremiah, chapter 30. I'm reading 7 to 10. It says the following. How awful that day will be. No one will be like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob, but he will be saved out of it. In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I'll break the yoke off their necks and will tear off their bonds. No longer will foreigners enslave them. Instead, they will serve the Lord their God and David their king. Whom I will raise up for them. So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, declares the Lord. I will surely save you out of a distance, out of a distant place. Your descendants from the land of their exile. Jacob will again have peace and security. And no one will make him afraid anymore. So, what, why am I reading this? It's saying, despite of all that you've heard, the gruesome, the vicious, the thick and furious that is coming, the violent, the distress unspeakable that is coming. However, it is not for you, the church. It's not for the church. It says, it was designed for Jacob. Again, the tribulation and the great tribulation was not designed for you. That's what he's saying there. You are not meant to go through that. It is for Jacob. And that's why you as a church should be preparing to exit the sin. And for Jacob, he said, don't worry about Jacob. I'll secure him. Yeah. 
if you look at the book of Revelation chapter 12, you see that the serpent is not able. He's not able to strike him, to strike Jacob. The woman with her offspring is taken off to a place prepared by God and secured. Those put under slaughter is the church that fails to enter the rapture. And then they are put onto the sword because the fury of the serpent, of the dragon, now turns onto the other children of that woman. That the Christians and slaughters them. So this is a very important time for you to make decisions. So he says, it is for Jacob, it's not for you. That means the church should prepare herself for entry. Take advantage of the security, the safety ongoing now, the protection of the blood, the protection of the grace, and enter. Right? And then he goes on to say, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, if you don't mind, First Thessalonians chapter 5, Thessalonians chapter 5 Hallelujah Chapter 5 Our interest is uh, Verse 9 But we'll begin from before 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 From verse 3 says the following While people are saying Peace and safety Destruction will come on them Suddenly as labor pains of a pregnant woman and they will not escape. It will not be possible to escape, he says. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us be, let us not be like others who are asleep. But let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as the helmet to protect you. For God, verse 9, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see that. So he gives such a wonderful assurance there after all that now we know. He gives a major assurance that you see, no, no, no. The church was never designed, intended for wrath, for God's wrath. But that she may be secured into the salvation of God into eternity in heaven. Hallelujah. And that's why in that breath he says in Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 In the same breath, Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 he says the following He says Since you have kept my command to endure patiently I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come to the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. It will really be a time of testing. Testing your faith and life. But he promises here that those who are steadfast unto his salvation of holiness, salvation of the cross, the blood, 
He's got to be faithful enough to secure you into heaven, to keep you away from that time of distress never seen before, to take you into heaven that you don't see that. And that's why you see now, at that time, in the book of Isaiah 26, to crown that up, now in Isaiah 26, he ends up saying the following. In Isaiah 26, verses 19 to 21, he says, But your dead will live, Lord, their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. That's the anointing you see going all over the earth right now. Shaking the sun, shaking the heavenly bodies, fulfilling Luke 21. The earth will give birth to her dead. Verse 23 is very important, the evacuation order. Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. So you can say the dispensation of the tribulation and the great tribulation, when the rapture has happened, is actually a dispensation of retribution, retributive justice. In other words, the dispensation of wrath, God's wrath upon the face of the earth. That's why the lamp breaks the seal and instructs the coronavirus, instructs the plague, instructs the locusts, those things that characterize that time. I'm now starting to slowly transit with you towards that time. What is it that will be inside there? Let us still have a long way to go. Hallelujah. You can see. Go, my people, enter your rooms. Shut Thy doors about thee. He said, Go, my people, enter your room, shut your doors behind you, hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will disclose the bloodshed upon it, and the earth will conceal, will, and, and the, uh, nay, the, the, the earth will conceal its slain no longer. Yeah, will not conceal its slain anymore. Meaning everything will be put to bear. But he is coming to strike the people of there, to judge them. In, okay, can, can you focus on me for a moment? What does that essentially say? Essentially he's saying that this contestation you see going on on the earth here between good and evil, between righteous and righteous, born again and born again, God lovers, blackmailers, and uh, fight, the fight is a constant battle. He says God is about to intervene. And when God does intervene, He intervenes with two instruments. One, blessings for those that have been steadfast loving Him all through. Take them into rapture, safety of heaven. And wrath, the curse, judgment. He's talking about the wrath. Go my people, hide yourselves. That's the blessing of the rapture. To enter the rooms Jesus prepared for them in John chapter 14, 1 to 3. When Jesus said, you know the way to where I'm going. In other words, follow me. His followers who will follow him. How he walked like that until he entered heaven. So those followers of Jesus will enter into the safety of heaven. And they're being told, enter, go my people, enter thou into thy chambers. Shut thou thy doors about thee. Shut, your, shut the door, it's bad. In Egypt, remember. 
you could not open the window and say, hey, dear Sisi, you can't you can, you can do that. No. Is it possible to do such a thing? To just open the window and say, we are the ones being delivered now. <laughs> no, 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 no. It may not be wise. It may not be wise. They were told, stay away from the window. Shut the windows. Shut the doors. The angel of death is passing. Hey. This angel of death, when, uh, when, the, when, when the Asian, when I gave the prophecy of the first Asian tsunami, that really kick-started this whole event. And then they were drowning and the Lord put me into that ocean, the Indian Ocean. And for some reason I was trying to pull out somebody from the water. Then the angel of death that was in Egypt was there. So he came and he pulled the hand from me and said, No, I'm the one doing it. And he drowned them further. But I saw him also, if you listen to the prophecy in Chile, when I was talking to the directors of the National Council of Bishops of Chile, that's now the governing body of the National Council of Bishops, that morning when you see me addressing them there, I'm talking to them about, I see the ocean vomiting out, I see an earthquake in the ocean, I see a tsunami coming, I see the day of uh, homosexual feast is when that will happen at the beach. And then you hear me saying, I have seen the angel of death over this land, the one that was in Egypt. But also, when we will get to the fourth seal and he stops the rider, of the pale horse and the horse kneels down who is he that has sunken rotten eyes and blood is flowing like this he has tied a turban that goes up like this woven but it goes another one interwoven and with a ponytail who is he his name is death so be careful now but just to open the window and say you want to greet people you cannot be that much sociable at such critical moments. Don't joke around. But he's saying that there is an evacuation order being given. And he's saying this contestation you see going on on the earth between righteousness and wickedness, holiness and sin, good versus evil, serious fight that's going on God is about to intervene and God will take victory he must take victory because he's saying when he does intervene he will intervene with two instruments he will strike with a blessing for those who have been steadfast that's why he says go my people enter your rooms you, look the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to strike the earth to judge the earth to judge the people of the earth for their sins, their iniquity. But for those who are involved, workers of iniquity, those who are involved in sin, who rejected the gospel, or who were born again, but the grace they defended not, and they sold into sin. He says, he will now strike them together with the unbelieving world, and the wrath, retribution, retributive justice, the wrath of God, is coming to the face of the earth. Are you beginning to understand better where we are headed to? As the earth. It is bad. Things are bad. 
And he says here, that those should give you a glimpse of the coming time. Right? And so, um, in summarizing who this character is, right? Can we read the book of Revelation, chapter 13? Summarizing the character of the Antichrist, now entering deeper into the dispensation that he unleashes upon the face of the earth, right? Hallelujah. Anyone making progress? A lot of progress, right? Okay, now he says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, he says the following. I know we'll eventually read the whole chapter, but he says, The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear, and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his authority, his, 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 his throne and his great authority. What does he mean there? He's saying he's a leopard. He has many heads. He's a leopard, but he has the one one the, the, the mouth, the head of a lion. You know how vicious the leopard is? One of the most bloodiest animals, right? The leopard does not have rules. If you want to talk about rules, you say nani you cannot, you cannot say that. He is not civilized. He is not domesticated. He is wild. That's why when the leopard attacks, you find he has beaten the intestines, the stomach, and eaten the intestines out. And if there was somebody in that compound, in that same, uh, among those the sheep, he has jumped and taken the, the the back of the, the, the skin of the head and come cover the head. Doesn't want to look at the eyes of man. He normally grabs the skin of the head from the back and pulls it to cover your face. It does, it's so wild. It doesn't want to look at it. Your your face, your eyes. So he attacks the intestine of this sheep and he has torn the leg of another sheep and jumped and Slapped the, 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 the neck of another. So you find in a herd, he has torn the stomach here, he has done what? He, he, yeah, 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 many, many at the same time. Very violent, very, very vicious. One of the most bloodiest animals, the most violent. He is using this to describe to you the king that is coming to reign during that time. So that we may see if you still want to be in, the, in that time. Hmm? Some of you are making public stand. Eh? No. He's saying he's as bloody as a leopard because he has the skin of a leopard. He has many heads, so. But it says there that when you look at. So the leopard is the bloodiest, the most violent animal. He has no rules. When he's attacking you, he has no rules. So when I was saying there that you, you, you were laughing. He does not follow rules. This violent, bloody, vicious, murderous, he's the most murderous animal. 
And then now, he says, yes, the feet of a bear. The bear is one of the most violent animals in the jungle. The bear, when it attacks you, it even eats your bones also. It is that much bad. It kills you, eats you, plus the bones. That's how terrible the bear. The bear is totally out of control. If you're in the jungle and the bear shows up, run for your life. But you cannot even, cannot even run faster. If you have a helicopter, just take off. Just get out of there. The bear is the most vicious of them all. He eats plus the bones. He, he, even the bones of the skull he is hey, in that rage. And then he says, he has the mouth of a lion. The lion is the king of the jungle. No animal can stand the lion. It is the bloodiest, the most violent, the most murderous, the most vicious. Even, even the leopards run away. If a leopard fools around, he will eat it for lunch. And if it's morning, that will be his breakfast. Before he starts his day to look for prey, he will eat a leopard. Aye. And if the Lord is combining these three most vicious animals into the personality, the person, the personal, the character of the Antichrist, then what is he saying? Isn't the Lord saying that you cannot stand him? You will not be able. You will not be able to survive. Don't try. I'm glad the senior bishop, blessed one, is sitting here. Take this message. It was important you are here. Thank you so much for being here. This is such a critical message you need to hear. That the church may evade this, this situation. Stop playing around. And now, grab, the, the purpose is now to grab holiness like this. Holiness like this for life and death. Reject all sin and just walk like this with holiness. Because then that is your way out. Aye. He's combining the characters of these three most vicious animals, most violent bloodiest animals, most murderous into the character of the Antichrist and say now he will be like that. And that's why in the beginning I said his forerunners like you see Al-Baghdadi of ISIS slaughtering people and, ah, it was unbelievable. And then Al-Qaeda, Osama Bin Laden slaughtering and bombing and what and killing people globally. If those are his forerunners, Hitler Hitler, Adolf Hitler, killing the Jews like that. If his forerunners were people like, you know, Antiochus, there are people like the, eh, eh, whatever, the Pharaoh that slaughtered all the firstborns of Israel, eh, eh, so the, the whoever. If, if th- those are now, if, if those are his forerunners, then I said, himself now, all that, all of the above will be combined in one character, one figure. One figure. And then he will begin his duty during that dispensation. So do you understand why the church needs to prepare very well and get out of here? Especially that the signs are here. The coronavirus is devastating South Korea, devastating Italy. It's now devastating China. Devast- beginning now to eat on the U.S. And every nation upon the face of the earth now is feeling it. And if that is the sign of the dispensation when the Antichrist is going to be the main principle, then the message is well written. It is clear now that you need 
to do that which you need to do to get you out of here. And if that is to be in the rapture, then you find out what does it need? Righteousness, holiness. Then you need to grab the salvation of Jesus with all the righteousness due it and the holiness it entails, it entails and walk in that way stronger and stronger, holier and holier because now you know you cannot survive in the other dispensation. And the Bible already said it was not cut for you. The church was never made for that time. I Did you understand the importance of this message? And yet I've not even begun. This is just the introduction for today. The message is inside. That's why I'm so glad that you're such an obedient church. You will see eternity. Because the reason I'm saying so, because when I told you, no, don't worry about church services tomorrow. Let your assistants preach tomorrow. Give them a chance to preach. For us, we can go on up to late in the night and then you have the message. I know you. You are very obedient. But if I was talking to a church, if I was talking to a church in the U.S. or the church in um, in 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 a Midwest city in the U.S. or the church in uh, in uh, um, in Europe, they would say, "Oh, you see, I have work tomorrow. No, no I, I I gotta go because I have to preach. I have my church work." They would be giving all manner of excuses, and that would constitute disobedience because the Lord has spoken and virtually insubordination. Because the Lord is supreme. Whatever He says is law and final. Always final. But if you went to the, that's why you are enjoying the revival. Because of your unique and common stance towards obedience to God and His voice. Hallelujah. This is mighty. Eh? Extremely. And I think we need to open it up into the entire council. 142. How many bishops now? 227. I need to open it up to the entire council of bishops. But this is good that the senior most are here, all the deputy bishops are here. I think not all of them. Senior council Kelly is not here. But anyhow, so, in other words, what I've just read in a nutshell from the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 2, it tells you that the Antichrist will be such a Terrible dictator. Terrible. The most terrible dictator the earth has ever seen. A tyrant. A military leader. A tyrannical leader. The most terrible dictator the earth has ever seen. Butchering people, everything. He will cut their heads and put in fridges and what? He will do things. Hi. Do you still want to go there? Thank you. Okay. Let's move on now. The book of Revelation, chapter 13, right there where we are. And read verses 5 to 7. You see now we've entered the book of Revelation 13. Now we're beginning to open up better now on the character of the Antichrist. The personality of the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 13, verses 5 to 7. It says the following. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and exercise its authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place. Not just the people of God, but the house of God. And his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. 
but was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. It was given power to wage war against the church, God's holy people, and to conquer them. So he must conquer them. He must defeat, he must take victory on you if you survive to go there. And to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. I. He has taken it all. He has finally taken victory. He has taken it all. Yeah. Remember like the Messiah purchased every tribe, every language, every nation, every peoples. He is now doing the same also to take over. And he really takes them on. And it, it hurts me so much because when the Messiah comes, he dies on the cross, resurrects, and gives us eternal life, brings us eternal life. However, the whole world does not take the salvation of the grace. But when this character comes, he wins total. Do you understand why the fight becomes so big between these two prophets and him at that time? Because there will be unbelievable persecution to those who attempt to preach the gospel. I know you like to meet at the OML one every time so we are going, let's every moment you get, ah, let's run the one. You will not have that opportunity. It will not be possible. Not at all. Oh yes. It will not. And to conquer them. To succeed. So in other words, he would be a powerful world leader. The most powerful world leader the world has ever seen. And we also see that in the book of Genesis, chapter 22, right? Genesis 22. Genesis 22, if you don't mind. We are now opening up deeper on who he is. Why the coronavirus is here and warning nations, warning a generation, right? Are you now connecting very well? Okay. Genesis 22. He says Genesis 22. And I'm reading now. Verse 13. He says, Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son Isaac. What am I saying? He would be most powerful world leader. And he says, Genesis 22, verse 13 that we just read. When the Messiah came to deliver you,
deliver you from death that had entered. Sin and death. Deliver the nations to save the world, mankind, humanity. When he arrived, his strength, his strength. And Abraham looked and saw that right there he was caught up in the thicket by its horns. Was the thicket already arrested his, his, his horns? He was now finished. And that's why the same thorns were on his head on the cross. Once the horns were caught, then his power was caught now on that cross. And then he delivered you. I'm talking about the Messiah. How mighty he is. Because then the horns represented the authority and power he beheld to deliver you. And it is that authority that he took to the cross and came out. Resurrected and went to heaven. And he says, the Antichrist will also now in his own counterfeit way come with power. And conquer the world. Cause them to worship him. Do you remember the little horn? The boastful one? So now in his own counterfeit way come with power and conquer the world cause them to worship him do you remember the little horn the boastful one the elders approach him no 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 you cannot do that <laughs> human rights oh yes oh yes oh yes human rights <laughs> in fact there will be no human rights <laughs> I think let me come out openly there will be no human rights so the human rights organizations will not be there I think let's finish that right away from here don't bank on it now that human rights no <laughs> <laughs> what a generation of <laughs> human rights. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you. And so, Daniel chapter 7. So he said, let me read this first. Daniel chapter 7, verses 8, we read down to 13. 
And he says, while I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among the three. Which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being, and a mouth that spoke boastfully. And you can jump to 11, he says. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and his body destroyed and thrown into the lake of fire. So, the horn. And he goes on to say, the other beasts had been stripped of their authority, but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into His presence. He was given authority and glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So anyhow, in all that viciousness, Do you remember the horns that Abraham looked and saw locked onto the thicket? They are still much, much more powerful than the Antichrist. Because you see, he slays him, he comes finally and slays him and throws him into the lake of fire. And then now, all dominion, all authority, he takes full charge over the earth. He takes back the title deed. That's why he took that scroll the title deed of the earth. These were cascades within the scroll, within the title deed of the earth, on the procedures he needed to undertake to take over the land again. That they repossess the land. So finally repossesses and then he has an everlasting dominion. Just if you thought things were that gloomy and doom, then there is hope. But you'd rather not be in the theater. Yeah, that war theater is terrible. So, as a leopard is very swift, the leopard is very cunning, very shrewd, and has the highest agility. So, all those are put together into the personality, the figure of the Antichrist. Vicious, bloody, murderous, dangerous, wild. And then you add now agility, shrewd, cunning. Swift like a leopard, swift, swift is where to get a prey. Jump, climb tree also, and hide up on the tree when you're passing. You don't see him. Then he jump on your head. Normally he jumps on your head with his claws while the, his his own mouth, the teeth have beaten your head already from above. He grabs you and bites also the head. It's not possible. To survive in this coming dispensation except that you simply by choice decide to enter there. So the Antichrist comes back to life. Revelation 13 
Are we there? Revelation 13. So I'm opening up a little more now for you to understand the principle involved there. The principles, because the Lord has his own principles also on this side. But I'm talking about the wicked principles on that side, on the other side. The book of Revelation chapter 13. Let me just begin verse 1 then up to verse 3, which is what I want. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. And with ten diadems, ten crowns on his horns. Can you imagine the number of horns? To demonstrate how powerful he will be. Do you still want to go there? And then crowns on his head. Meaning he's claiming all authority. All all dominion. Crowns on his son, on his, on his horns. And on each head a blasphemous name. He comes or he, he comes to you, he wears blasphemy already. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had the feet of like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power, his throne, and his great authority. Verse 3 is what we wanted. On the head, one of the heads of the beast seemed to have sustained, to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had since been healed. And the whole world was filled with wonder and awe. And they followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war against him? So even stealing the same praises that our Lord has, Who is like the Lord? But you can see here very clearly what he's saying. He's saying that in the same way Jesus resurrected, that this beast also resurrects from the dead. So it looks like there is a true resurrection there because of the fatal one, fatal as in dead. So, but he comes from the sea, meaning from the Gentile nations. Gentile nation. He says, Then the angel said to me, I'm reading uh, Revelation 17, 15, Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. So when the beast comes from the sea, he represents the nations. He comes from there. So he will be a Gentile. The Antichrist will be a Gentile. In any case, he tramples the holy city anyway. Yeah, so he's a Gentile. 
So he comes back to life. If you wanted to know things about him, he comes back to life and the whole world is awed. But the Messiah resurrects and the whole world rejects him. Oi! This is not fair. The Messiah resurrects and the whole world rejects him. Even the church, the Christians who take him, they take him in a way that you can just see they have rejected him. They're not committed. They're blending with the world. If you ask them to put in extra effort, they feel it's too much for them. They, in that salvation, they love the things of the world more. They're tending towards the enemy. Towards sin. Hallelujah. He resurrects. So, another part of him, if you wanted to know, he performs deceptive, miraculous signs. He performed miraculous signs. And I call them deceptive and lies. And people, everybody believes. Revelation chapter 13 verse 14. He says, Because of the signs, it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast. It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Meaning there was a fight. The second beast was given power to breathe to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark of the beast on their right hands or their foreheads. He performs miraculous signs and wonders. It will be a battle royale, you can tell. It will be an eva- such a battle. We call it battle royale, you can tell. Especially now, when now that, because this is talking about the false prophet then, in this case, who executes now the duty assignment. That's why he sets up the other first one. But, in the image of the first one. But you can imagine now, when these ones here that can shake the sun, will go and slowly and all of a sudden now clash with them. These ones who can strike Mexico with earthquakes all the way from here. You can imagine that amount of power that can reduce Mount Everest to half, that can push neutron stars and collide them and shake the universe. You can imagine when that amount of power will now clash with these ones also claiming to do miraculous signs and what? The beast and his false prophet. That will be, you don't want to be there. I have seen part of it. You don't want to be there. Battle Royale. You don't want to be there. It will hurt. It will hurt to be there. You don't want to be there. Wisdom dictates, demands that you don't be there. If the sun can jolt like that as if it wants to bolt out, if the 
earthquakes can, can be that ferocious and tilt the earth permanently on its axis and reduce time. If eight, seven stadiums can gather and lift up the hand and the power touch, say touch fire, and touch 87 stadiums, mowing hundreds of people, and then creepers getting up, that amount of power shaking neutron stars, the earth, that level. There is a battle. You don't want to be there. Mm. Don't remain when the rupture takes place. Don't. I, I will not know you. I will not know. Some of you had seen that you remained. And I know that ever since then you've worked on yourself, right? Abana? No. So he performs miraculous signs. He's a Gentile leader you've seen. He will blaspheme God. And another one, he will claim to be God. Another, he will have full authority. All these I've read. Full authority. The throne, the authority, the power of the enemy is given to him. And he conquers all. He succeeds in everything he touches. He will be worshipped. So there you go. If you don't like devil worshipping, please don't dare to cross the border. When the rapture takes place, make sure you are taken. Because he will be worshipped. And they will institute it like we just read. He will desecrate God's temple. Can we read the book of Matthew 24, verse 15? Are you ready to read the Bible? Matthew 24:15. Did you get all that I read for you? Thank you. Everybody is well with the identities I'm giving about the Antichrist. Are you okay, everybody? Thank you so much. Yeah. I said, before I go into the happenings there, because after that I now want to enter the, 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 the great tribulation. Okay, there's tribulation also, but I just want to go straight into the great tribulation. And all this submission is to try and convince you to be a more holier Christian, a more righteous Christian, a more devoted, devout Christian that you may enter into the kingdom of glory through the rapture. All this is to help the Messiah harvest the earth into eternity in heaven as the fruit of his labor on the cross. That you may not get to see this other ugly dispensation. Leave that alone. There's so much I know in there I cannot even share with you. That, that's a different time. Do you want us to take a quick... Uh, let, let's finish. let me first finish on his... His, 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 um, his being here. His figure. His personality. His character. And then after that, we'll take a sh- quick shot, 10-15. Then now enter into another whole segment of the message. Anybody learning a thing or two? I see Wakili Gadara, Senior Council Gadara, saying that I am the only one learning it here. <laughs> yeah, this is important. This is called quality time, right? And we thank uh, Engineer Laban quite so much, so very much, for building this. Oh, 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 oh. 
for building this. Oh, it was necessary. And the way they absorb the sound, yeah, very powerful, right? Hallelujah. Mm. He will have full authority. And I said he will be worshipped. Then I said he will desecrate the holy place. So we are reading the book of Matthew 24, right? Verses 15. Once you are there, we begin. 24:15. I'm reading. He says, So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. There you go. Make sure you understand. So he really he summons, he pleads for your understanding on this matter. Are we still working together? And then he says the following. He goes on to say that uh, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. You understand the fleeing now? At the great tribulation. Remember when he puts the image like this, the two prophets are there saying, no, that's not the Messiah. You cannot worship him. And then when he discovers that their eyes are opened, when they were just complacent on peace like this, he sets out to go slaughter them. He does not. Remember that dream? When he shows me they are supposed to go on that road. Okay, I was having also title deeds in the promised land. They brought all their title deeds. There was a bit of a conflict also before that. A conflict. So many title deeds are placed in my hands, meaning to be a conflict about land also. But as they live, now their lives are in danger. I tell them to flee. As they leave and try to follow the road, in fact, in the real direction I'm showing now, like this, the road that goes down like this, I had seen the roadblock there. They had trapped them there to slaughter all. But on my left, I can see grass like this and trees. It's a valley. Then I tell them to run through this valley down this way. So they evaded a genocide. I have seen that. The one who has clapped, I bless you eternally, because that is Israel, the heart of the Lord. But that happens because midway when they are complacent, a traitor, remember? They are complacent. And then he comes to try to smash them. He breaks the, the contract. Tries to slaughter them. But he will not succeed. But anyway, let's move on. He says, let those who are in Judea, once you see the abomination of the desolation standing there, let those who are in Judea begin to flee to the mountains let no one on the housetop go down to take any to take any of his goods or anything out of his house. Let no one in the field go back to gather their clock. How dreadful it will be in those days for a pregnant for the pregnant women and the nursing mothers, meaning they will be slower. Once they are pregnant, women normally walk slower are not able to flee fast enough. Or when they are nursing with children, so they are really bound, it will be difficult to flee as fast. That's what he's trying to say there. It will be a distressful time. A bad time. Real bad. A real bad time. And he says, um, and nursing mothers, verse 20 says, 
pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on Sabbath, on Shabbat, which is Sabbath. Because winter it will be too cold to run. You can't run as fast. The environment is hostile. I mean, rather in terms of the weather. You can't run as fast. And on Shabbat, you are relaxed, right? You are taking a day off. Then all of a sudden, this running falls upon you, right? Even to gather yourself first and put yourself in order, in a star, even just to reorganize your mind and say, I must run. It will be quite a task, he says. For then there will be a great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Meaning, if you thought Sodom and Gomorrah were distressed enough for those there, you are joking. If you thought Noah's floods were distressed enough for those who were there, you are joking. If you thought the slaughter by ISIS, slaughtering heads and slaughtering children and slaughtering the, the, the necks and what was, was distressed enough, you are joking. He said, if you thought Al-Qaeda bombing cities, bombing buildings, even in Kenya here, killing hundreds, shooting, attacking terrorists, Al-Shabaab, Boko Haram, Hitler, eh? Hitler, the Rwanda genocide. If you thought those things you've seen today were anything, then he says, this will make them seem like nothing. Do you still want to go through the great tribulation? Okay. Do you now want to hold on to holiness? Much more now than before. Because he says, he will desecrate God's temple. That's what we are reading. He will control the global economy. Meaning, the way you see the global economy shaking like this, shaking like this right now. Things are going to get worse. Because I already, I will come to you with the breaking of the third seal. Remember, we are still on the first seal. What a message. Just on the first seal. Very deep and very long. So, he's saying, the first seal is what we're handling. There will be a second seal where now all the wars you see in Iraq, in Libya, in Syria, in Mosul, in where, these wars that take place by the breaking of the second seal, the rider of the red horse. Oh, I will talk to you about that one. And the biggest palda, the big panga is called the sword. He's given to go take away peace from the earth and cause men to slay each other, slaughter one another. That will come. And so, he will also at that time tell you that if you thought the butcher of Mosul, the war when they were fighting ISIS in Mosul, the one in Idlib at this hour, the war going on in Iraq, the other parts of Iraq, uh, between Moktaba and his group and the others. If you thought that the war that you're seeing in Libya, Syria, any of these wars you've seen, Vietnam, what have you, were anything, then he said, you're joking. Then you're in for surprises. So he will tell you the same things when the second seal is broken. Because these are just the beginnings. But now the worst will be inside there. Was. And then he will come all the way into the plagues also. The plagues. Because now the whole world worships Satan. Do you understand why now 
the prophet who is speaking with you now strikes the earth with boils and what plagues and everything until I, there is, I see right now that there is no grass that has grown. Meaning they shut heaven. Not even one leaf. I've not seen one leaf of a plant. It is so dry and I see the ministry of the two prophets slowly now walking. I don't see people. Do you understand why they exchange gifts? At the end of it all? Because they say, because these two have tormented the residents of the earth unbelievably. But they do so because they all worship Satan. So it becomes a world theater. Hallelujah. In the same way I prophesied the coming of the coronavirus, the plague, and the locust, earthquakes, and so forth, is the same way this will happen also. So you'd rather prepare for eternity, right? He said, he will control the global economy. Revelation chapter 13. Oh, how wonderful to have university students also sitting here taking such serious notes. Serious notes on a serious message. I mean, you would expect only the bishops here. But I guess that's the mark of revival, right? Revelation 13. I'm reading verse 16. The same, I told you we would dwell on Revelation 13 quite a bit also. Verse 16, it says, It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark of the beast on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. He will have that much control. Can I now describe this vision here? In this vision, I was walking in this direction. I'm walking and I see the bride of Christ. So the Lord told me, go to her and tell her to prepare. So as I go to the bride of Christ, so I see the church that's very holy. Immediately, I go to her, I now see the church which is very holy. I see the dressings are long, they're holy, they're worshipping, right? Again, the Lord speaks to me here and says, that's the church, go to her. So when I come to her, I, I, after that engaging, now she contact, she's now holy. And as I was still engaging with her, poop, she disappears right from my eyes like that. She's taken up into rapture. So then, there's a junction. There's a junction at that place, or that road. Then I hear, I see a lot of distress globally. People running up and down. Say, what is this? What has happened? We're looking for loved ones. So they go to police stations and put list of names. Their loved ones are gone. But there is a radio station. Radios, people are announcing also and so forth. They're looking for loved ones. The police are taking records of people who have lost their loved ones. But then the, the radio station, I still see the radio station. There are two broadcasters there. And that radio station says, no, 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 no. Let's explain to you what has happened. The rapture of the church has just taken place. So it is the radio station that was now trying to help the world, to explain to them what has happened. There was so much confusion, so much unbelievable global confusion. People are running, weeping, looking around, going to mortuaries. It was just such a mess. 
Everyone is crying looking for their loved ones. Because all, if it happened here today, all that will remain is all your clothes and shoes, everything, the heap, heap wherever you are sitting. And if there are some graves here and some holy people here, they will also open, pooms will open here. So there was that much confusion. So inside that confusion, and I was coming in that direction, so as the rapture happened, there was a junction, so I took a left. When I took a left like this, I saw a very big, it looked like a shopping mall, but there is a supermarket. Because I can see the tills. People are paying in the tills as they're leaving out, leaving out to go out. But as I was there, I saw, I saw someone, the Antichrist anyway, he's wearing a military hat. That's why I say Ngano, the design of the high ranks of the soldiers, normally in the front part of the military hat, they put something like drawings of wheat or something, decorations about your rank, a general. Like for you, a general in the army, you are that, I saw you in your uniform, you are that, um, is it wheat or it is rice? That flowery uh, on the hat, my lords, is only for generals and above. Uh, I agree. Only generals put on that one, my lords. But is it wheat or or rice? It's like a a flower kind. Oh, it's a flower. Which is a wheat um, designed in such a way that it shows the the rank and the... I saw you when you were wearing yours that time. So, he's wearing that type of hat. So, he's decorated. And I can see the complexion of his skin and everything. I have so much detail about him. He was there, but not alone. The two of them, there was another man. So, the two of them were actually, they had stopped this lady. They were interviewing her. So, what the Lord does, he brings me there. So, I'm standing there and listening. So, I find them asking her, do you, do you didn't I see you pastoring a church? Didn't I see you pastoring a church? Are you not a pastor? The lady said, no, 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 no. Me, I'm not a pastor. I think you're mistaken. You must be talking about somebody else. Really, really, didn't I, didn't I think you were a pastor? Didn't I think you were a pastor? She said, no, 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 no. Me, I've never pastored a church. I'm not a pastor. I think you are mistaken. And the Lord makes me know that she was a pastor. After that, they told him, then it's okay. Now you can go. Over there, they'll put the mark on you, and then you'll show up over there. So she crossed. They put the mark of the beast on her. She bought, And then I see her. The, the till goes like this in this direction. So I see her paying and living with her foods. It will be so bad, even pastors will deny Jesus. No. Why do you say, ooh, jup, jup, jup? Why do you do that here? It's already happening. The spirit of Antichrist. Do you remember the Westgate Mall, the terror attack? When they entered with the AK-47s and they were asking people, can you recite a Quran? Are you a Christian or a Muslim? Can I look at your ID? And then, are you a Muslim? So people said, I'm a Muslim. So, oh, you're a Muslim. Okay, stay aside. Someone will check you further, will ask you a few verses. People denied Jesus and every Christians on this side, boom, boom. It is still happening today in this country. The buses, just last week I think it happened, or two weeks ago or something. They stopped the bus in where? Lamu. They stopped the bus and take away the separate Christians and Muslims. And they gun down the Christians. This is the spirit of Antichrist that is forerunning, has gone ahead to tell you what is coming. People will deny Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Uh uh-uh. uh. You will say you don't know him. It is that bad. 
it is that much bad. You will stand up and because, oh, it will be that bad. The beheadings that will take place, all these you see the ISIS doing, beheading Christians and Jews. That is a preamble, introduction to what is coming. Beheadings will be like you are normal daily. Someone was beheaded here, he was a Christian, he was trying to worship. They will prohibit worship. He will prohibit worship to make it unlawful, not allowed. If you sing a song and your neighbor hears you sung it and reports you, your head is not on your, on, on your neck anymore. It will go. On that day it will go. It must go. It must go. And that's what he's talking about there. He's saying that he will be such a global power. And the Lord now takes me ahead of time. I've already lived that time. And I've seen a pastor denying Jesus. Because of just the, 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 how fierce he looks. The Antichrist. Fierce. He will look fierce looking. And on top of that, to survive. No food. You don't buy. You cannot buy without and then people would denounce Jesus. Yeah, it would be that much bad. Oh yes, I told you. We'd rather be born again today. So, he says, he will attempt to destroy the nation of Israel. Daniel chapter 11, he will try to destroy the nation of Israel. So now we're beginning to understand that things will be bad, right? Very. The Daniel chapter 11. So thank you so much, you professors who are seated here. Masinde, we have uh, uh, Thomas Railway. Professor Njergi, Professor Bula, and so many of you, Professor Omronji is here and so forth. Because if it was in other countries, Professor Kasboy, in other countries they would say, no, we are professors. We are educated enough. Why should we go there and sit under that teaching? But now that you humbled, look at how much you have earned. Look at what you have learned. Look at how the Lord has taught you and instructed you. Hmm? So, that baby innocence is very key. Baby innocence is extremely key. So anyhow, I see now entering there is Professor Beatrice Okachi. I mean, just professors here, but humble. They realize when it comes to matters of the Creator, uh-uh, education does not exist. Daniel chapter 11. Because you go to other nations, it's such an issue, right? Aye. <laughs> No, <laughs> Professor Honjoro is here, you know. It, it becomes a big issue, right? They really exalt it, right? And yet you that have humbled, look how much you've earned, how much you've learned today. So Daniel chapter 11. Once you're there, we can move on. Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 and 41. He says, At the time of the end, 
the king of the south will engage him in battle and the king of the north will storm out against him with chariots and cavalry and a great fleet of ships. He will invade many countries and sweep through sweeping through them like a flood. I don't have much time to handle this other point. It will come later when we enter now into the great tribulation and I handle the wars. But you can tell that there will be a storm. He will gather the globe, let me just put the global army to attack Israel. He will attempt to destroy the house of Jacob. The nation of Israel. Well, it's like Daniel chapter 9. Daniel moved chapter 9 verse 27 he says, which we read before. He says, He will confirm a covenant with many for seven, for, for one seven. In the middle of that seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that he decreed is poured on him. So, he will plan to destroy Israel. If you want to destroy a people, destroy their worship. But he will also physically attempt to slaughter them. But I'm talking about what matters most to Israel that worships the God of Israel will be their worship, right? Their worshiping of Jehovah. But these are just the marks that he will come and try to destroy the house of Jacob. He will mobilize a global army and attempt to fight the Messiah. The book of Revelation chapter 19. Maybe we begin 17 to 21, right? Anybody still on track? I think I will stop it at this point when I finish with him. Then next week we, we are able to to see if we can, I mean, continue, right? Because there's so much. I cannot finish this in one day. There is just so much. If you got the book of Revelation chapter 19, from verse 17 to 21, what do you have? He says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying mid-air, Come gather together for the great supper of God. Verse 18. So that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and the mighty of horses and their riders, and of the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Verse 19. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gather together to wage war against the rider of the horse and his army, against the Messiah and the saints coming, right? The heavenly horse. Verse 20 says, But the beast was captured and with his false prophet was captured who had performed the signs in his behalf. With these signs they deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. And the two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur 
The rest were killed with a sword coming out of the mouth of the Messiah, my Lord, the rider of the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Did you understand? So still, God must win. However, it will get worse before it gets any better. But you can see for yourselves there, he will mobilize armies to fight the Messiah. He will try to fight the Messiah. And he will be thrown into the lake of fire. He will be a self-centered, satanic leader, very proud and fierce. An evil and wicked character. A figure that becomes the persona of Satan himself and his representation. And so, after this, I want to handle a special message when you come back next week. On, uh, it looks like it has to be Thursday, right? <laughs> it has to be Thursday and Friday. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. But what does that tell you? It tells you that and those whose names will be found written in the book, even among the Israelites, and those whose names will be found written in the book of life, however great that distress will be, the redemption of the Lord will secure them, safeguard them. So make sure that the biggest lesson you take is to ensure that your name is found written in the Lamb's book of life. May the Lord bless you as you travel safe home. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.